The Bell and the Blackbird, a poem by David White. The sound of a bell still reverberating or a blackbird calling from a corner of the field, asking you to wake into this life or inviting you deeper into the one that waits. Either way, it takes courage. Either way, wants you to be nothing. But that self, that is no self at all, wants you to walk to the place where you find you already know how to give every last thing away. The approach that is also the meaning itself, the meeting itself, without any meeting at all. That radiance you have always carried with you as you walk, both alone and completely accompanied in friendship by every corner of the world, crying, Alleluia. And this is from his The Bell and the Blackbird. And I've been participating in a morning meditation, uh, 8.30, no, not 8.30, sorry, not that early, (laughs) 7.30 in the morning to 8.30 every morning, Monday through Friday, through Insight LA. And I found that it's a really wonderful practice. And um, today, not today, but today and this past week we had a substitute teacher, um, Eric McCullen, and uh, Beth comes back on Friday. She normally leaves to sit. And uh, I have found it really helpful, um, sort of developing this practice and wanted to share this poem with you because it was really lovely. This is Wanda's Ticks, a Black Arts and Cultural Program of African Sisters Media Network. And we've uh, we missed a few weeks, um, but we're back, and uh, we're on the summer schedule, so we're meeting a little bit later than usual. So you'll have to follow the website to be able to make sure you don't miss any shows. And we're going to have uh, rebroadcasts, and we're going to be having this summer schedule through September. And uh, we might sprinkle some live shows in there. You just have to stay tuned. So today we are going to rebroadcast an interview with Della Reese that was um, recorded February 8, uh, 2012, when she was in town and she was alive. She's an ancestor now. And we want to say ashe uh, to Bea Richards, who would have been 101 on Monday, July 12th. So enjoy this wonderful interview with Della Reese. And thanks so much for joining us. There's a lot happening presently in the Bay. Um, the uh, uh, the um, Northern California Book Reviewers, Book uh, Reviewers Association, I think it has a new name, is having its annual uh, book awards this Sunday. It's going to be hosted by the San Francisco Main Library, and it's going to be in Zoom. So you can go to Poetry Flash and find out all about that. And the uh, San Francisco uh, Jewish Film Festival is continuing uh, this week. So you want to go to their website and check that out, as well as a lot of other things going on. So I hope you're having a safe and uh, wonderful summer. And thanks so much for tuning in. Here's Della Reese. Such an honor to speak to you, my That's goodness. That's very sweet. I love you already. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just reading up on, on, you know, sort of your extensive and long career, um, <laughs> I guess, I don't know, um, uh, sort of, I mean, growing up in the church and singing in the church and uh, and then coming full circle because now you're a minister too, right? Yes, and it is full circle. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. And it's it's been a very pleasant journey. Mm -hmm. God has been very good to me. Right. Because it's impossible for me to have been and am where I am without the grace of God because I had no lessons in music. I can't read music. I didn't have any connections. I didn't have a sponsor. Just God. All I had was God, and that was all I needed, and I succeeded. 
Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. And then you've, you know, you've been, you know, you're so well-known on a lot of different levels. I mean, you're a television star. You, you've had talk shows. Um, <laughs> you know, like what haven't you done? Well, I hope there's something left because I'm still alive. I hope it isn't over. <laughs> right, yeah. So let's talk first about your wonderful um, exclusive engagement coming up here from L.A. to the Raz Room. Uh, yes, I haven't been to uh, San Diego, uh, San Francisco mm-hmm. for a very long time. There was a time mm-hmm. when I first started when I had hit records and things like that. Yeah. That it was a part of the circuit that I played. I played San Diego, San Francisco, hmm. uh, Los Angeles, because at that time I was working in Vegas. I was in Las Vegas for nine years, mm-hmm. Vegas, Reno, and Tahoe. And so in between, rather than to go back to New York where I lived, I would come from Vegas to San Diego or Vegas to San Francisco or Reno to San Francisco because it was all in the same sphere. So I worked here quite a bit, Mm -hmm. but I haven't been there for quite a while. Right. Well, I'm sure you're going to sell out all three dates, you know, February um, 16th, 17th, and 18th. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So um, are you bringing your own ensemble with you? Yes, I'm, I'm bringing a trio. Okay, okay. Yeah, and and so are you gonna just do like a a medley of best ofs or no? It's it's it has a a different connotation. Mm-hmm. I have as as you have just told me, I have done a lot of different things. Yes, and and this is about my life in music, mm-hmm. the things that I've done, the people that I had a chance to work with, the people I knew and was very good friends with the people I've sung with, the shows I've done with people, and what I knew about those people and how they reacted to me and how I reacted to them, with music included. Oh, okay. So it's going to be more theatrical. It's going to be like you came to my house and we sat down and we talked about my life. Oh, that's going to be so great. Are you going to do something different every evening, or is it going to be... Well, I'm not going to tell that part. You don't get the punchline before you hear the joke. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at some of the great ladies of song that, you know, you um, came up under and alongside of who are no longer with us. More recently, you know, we lost, you know, Etta James. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. I, I, as I said to you earlier... God has blessed me tremendously mm-hmm. uh, in in so many different ways that I want to share with my audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So talk about um, you know some of these um, great women of song that um, that you know you befriended and befriended you and you know like Mahalia Jackson. Um, Sarah Vaughn, Ella Fitzgerald, Billy Holiday. I'm going Holiday. to talk about all of them. I'm going. To, I have things that we went through together, mm-hmm. uh, the friendships that we had together, mm-hmm. uh, the the doors that we opened together. Because uh, there were a lot of places that black women weren't allowed, and uh, we they we were allowed because of our talent, mm-hmm. and we had a chance to open the doors for other people to come through. Also. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure um, you have a lot of fans from Touched by an Angel. <laughs> well, now, that was really a marvelous experience, mm-hmm. Wanda. Mm-hmm. It gave me a chance to really work in both of the professions that I have as a teacher, as a minister, mm-hmm. and as an artist, uh, an actress, a singer. All of it came together in one pot because the stories that I was doing were based on the fact that God is good. And the music that I was singing, some of it I wrote it, and some of it were songs that that I chose because of what they said, and they wrote the script around the songs. Nice. Uh, So it worked. And then I was able to start the church that I have now and and to uh, be able to support it. And we really give a terrible blow to preachers take the money from the church to buy cars Mm -hmm. because I was making a good living and I already had a couple of cars, so I didn't have to take the church's money. 
mm-hmm. to buy a car, and, and it was very obvious and very evident that uh, that's the, th- those were the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then also, it, it I have people t- still today uh, that I meet in the supermarket, uh, in the ladies' room, or in the airport, that come over and ask me, when is the show coming back on? And it's been off for six years. And the, the fact that they still want to see it after it's been off for so long is very ingratiating to me. Mm-hmm. They come and they tell me that it's, it's interesting because they never say this was just what I needed to hear. It was always for my cousin or my sister, the show that you did. My sister really needed to see that show. And it helped my sister or it helped my brother or my cousin or or somebody uh and and they would tell they stop and they tell me their situations and how they happen to they they all say the same thing. I don't know how I happened to be in the room watching the television or I wasn't in the room watching the television and I somebody called me and said, Come look at this and it was just marvelous. It was just what I needed to see for my sister. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, I remember um, watching it on Sundays, um, similar to when I was a kid coming up, we'd watch Ed Sullivan on Sundays. And it just, how I just love the the moral lessons and and the whole idea that these angels, I mean, it really humanized everything. It's like it made it so accessible. Yes. You know, this this whole spirituality and this whole realm. It's like it wasn't somewhere far away because you all, you know, flesh and blood interacting with these folks. <laughs> Absolutely. And and that was uh, one of the main points that appealed to me. Mm-hmm. We have a tendency to put God on a cloud with a book across his lap and a pen, checking off all the wrong that we do and saying, uh-huh, I got you now, which is ridiculous because if God wanted you with one breath, then <laughs> you'd be gone, you see. Mm-hmm. They have uh, most people present God without any humanity and no sense of humor, and he must have a sense of humor. Have you ever seen a platypus? Mm. If yeah. you just, just look at one, <laughs> mm-hmm. then you know he must have been laughing all the while he was making that. Mm-hmm. Or a orangutan. Yeah. He must have looked and said, I need something to laugh about today, so I'm going to make this. Mm. Yeah. And that was the good thing about the show. It 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 had to do with the humanity that God feels with us, that He appreciates us, and He said we're the greatest things He ever made. Mm-hmm. And that just that thought itself of all the things that He has made for Him to say that we are the greatest things He's ever made. The cheetah is faster. The birds fly higher. The waters are deeper and vaster. And, you know, for him to pick us out and say, ooh, that made me feel good just talking about it. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, considering um, of all of the creation, we make the biggest mistakes. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. Mm. But to see that, that's why he installed forgiveness. Mm. You see, if we can forgive each other, he can forgive us. And he knows that we we do things like that. He created us, so so the dumb things we do are not a surprise to him. That's true. And he's more than willing, if we for us to recognize that we have done a dumb thing, and apologize and forgive ourselves first. I I recognize what I've done. I'm not going to do this anymore. I forgive me for making that mistake, and but from this moment on, I'm going to do better in that category. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, so the new thought, um, uh, I guess, is that the ministry new thought? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, what uh, it says ministry and the understanding principles are. For better living church. Yeah, we call it up church because that's up. our intention to think up, to be oh, successful, nice. yeah. to prosper, mm-hmm. to live in love, peace, joy, and happiness, all the good stuff. Okay. Well, that's neat. So you're still, you know, um, 
you know, regularly ministering to Oh, absolutely. Con- okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, where where is the church located in, in Los, Los Angeles? Angeles? We're at in Los Angeles. Uh what the address you mean? Well, like what part of Los Angeles is big? Oh, uh, well, we well, let me tell you this: we've been all over Los Angeles. Oh, okay. We started in my kitchen, uh, eight people around the kitchen table, and there became so many people coming to the classes that uh, my husband couldn't go to the kitchen to get a glass of water without being fully dressed. Hmm. And wanting to keep my marriage happy, I thought, well, I'll get a place outside of the house uh-huh. so that uh, anybody who wants to come can come. So I started close to my house. I live in Bel Air. Okay. I started in West Hollywood. Uh, we were there for about three years in the, the uh, ballroom of a hotel, and they uh, sold the hotel to a, a, another entity, and they wanted to repair it, and so we moved uh, further east. And we stayed there for two years, and some, I don't even remember what happened, but something did. And so then we moved, and we moved, and finally we are now um, in Inglewood, okay. which is the first time we've had an opportunity to, for me to be with my people, because where I was living before, I had a, a, a mixed audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still have a mixed audience, but mixed more to my race of people than to the other race of people, other oh. races mm-hmm. of people. Oh, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Yeah, um, just wondering about this sort of, um, you know, you're talking about, you know, your congregation changing as the geography uh, changed with regards to where you all were housed. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, um, you know, being a, a youngster, you and your mother, you know, going to the movies and, you know, and, and looking uh, at the images that were on the screen, you know, um, some of whom looked like you, most of them that didn't. And you're being such an image maker in your work. Um, I mean, your image, I'm sure, uh, really inspired a lot of artists that, you know, had known, you know, that a career well, in the media so. was possible. I hope so, but I, I've got to tell you the hmm. truth. Hmm. Uh, I did not I start out to be the champion for my people, uh, I had a, I w- first of all, I needed to eat. Mm. I like eating. <laughs> uh, I like sleeping indoors. Uh, I, I, I like having nice things. And so uh, I started to work for myself. And then my daughter was born. Mm. And I was a single parent. And so then I worked for uh the security of my family, my daughter and I. Mm-hmm. And um, along the way, God had the, the plan that I didn't see until I was a long ways up in life, that I had the privilege of him choosing me to open doors so that other people could come through. Now, I wish I could say that one morning when I was young, I woke up and said, I'm going to open the door so that my people can get through. Well, that would be a lie. That was not. I was working to survive. Mm-hmm. But in my survival, I was put into places where I could open doors. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... um I was just reading, I don't know how much of this is actually is true, um, but uh, you, um, you know, as you were sort of coming up, you know, um, as an artist, um, you know, your family wasn't always, um, you know, tranquil, the relationships between, you know, yourself and your father and your mother passing on, um, you know, when, um, I guess, were you an adult when your mother made her transition? I was 17 when my mother made her transition. Okay, so you weren't Excuse quite. Me. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and. Uh, but I had a very loving home. Mm-hmm. And my mother and my father were very different. My mother was a personal friend of God's. Mm-hmm. And my father was a marvelous man, but he thought all of that that she believed in was a waste. He was one of those people that said, you're buying the, the preacher's. $1,500 suits, and we can't pay the rent. Mm. And uh, he, you bought him a car, and we were catching a streetcar, and of that nature. But what I learned there in that house was 
it is possible to love if you have enough love to put up with both sides of that and have a wonderful relationship, which is what they did. Mm-hmm. They loved each other very much. So I was raised up in the nest of love by two different people, mm-hmm. if you can understand what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the benefit of both of them was very important. Uh, my mother as I said, was a personal friend of God. So she took me along the road of knowing how and when and why and and all of the things that had to do with having a personal relationship with God. And my father taught me how to laugh, hmm. how to tell jokes, how to be funny. How, so I, in that little place where we were together, I got both sides of a shiny coin. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It says that um, you know, you were raised in uh, the Black Bottom neighborhood of Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, your father, uh, Richard Thaddeus Early, was a steel worker, and he, your mom he literally poured steel, Wanda. Poured and steel. And he poured oh. literally poured steel. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how hot that is when you? Huh? No, and, I can't. Uh, wow. What was one of the things that? <laughs> first made me go what was he worked there for 37 years mm. and when he, they retired him it was because he was over the retirement age and w- when they retired him they bought a machine because they said what he was doing was not the kind of work a man should do it was too dangerous after 37 years 37 years hmm Wow, that is amazing. And then your mother, uh, Nellie Michelle, uh, she was a Native American, uh, Cherokee. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she worked as a cook. Well, she, she my mother was a, what, what uh, the, the father created us for. Mm-hmm. My mother was a help meet. Mm-hmm. If you read your Bible, mm-hmm. in Genesis it said that God said it was not good for Adam to be alone, and so he would create for him a help meet, and that's what my mother was. Mm-hmm. She helped my father meet the obstacles of living. She cooked, she scrubbed floors, she uh, was a marvelous seamstress, so she sewed and repaired clothes, and we lived on Verna Highway, which was is now a main a part of the freeway, but at that time, it was the closest to... Um, the higher crust of people who had a lot of money and uh the things that the the women wore the, the the cleaning was done with such not with the the techniques that we have now they were dresses were ruined because the chemicals were too strong and there are a lot of other reasons that we have no need to go through here. Mm-hmm. And they discovered my mother, who was wonderful at taking care of marvelous pieces of material. And so she had the she did the, the cleaning of gowns and dresses for the rich people who lived in Gross Point, who would send their chauffeurs with their things to my mother to be cleaned. Hmm. And she did all these things to help my father meet the needs of the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I was reading that you are, you were the younger uh, I'm child. I'm the baby. I'm mm-hmm. not just the youngest, I'm the baby. You're the baby, yeah. And you had, your, your siblings were so much older than you that it was almost like, you were an only child. I was married three times, and they mm. were all grown except for my brother mm. when I was born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I read that, you know, you were such, um, you know, such a smart child that you graduated from high school. Um, was that Cass Technical High School at 15? No, Northeastern High School. Oh, Northeastern. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but see, she... She recognized, my mother mm-hmm. recognized that education was important. I, I, I'm thinking that she did because she, I'm thinking that she did recognize it because she only went through the third grade. Mm-hmm. And, but, but she was so intelligent mm-hmm. that you would have thought she graduated from Harvard. Right. 
uh, innately she was intelligent. She could do so many things, and you, you know, uh, no, you don't know. I don't know why I said that, <laughs> but um, she she had all of these different things that she did to perfection. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, my mother could cook this phone you're talking over, mm. and you'd ask her for one more piece. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that kind of lady. She the the people the, the, whose clothes she took care of didn't want anybody to touch them but her. She had a couple of people that she, we lived in an apartment building, and there were a couple of people who had she cleaned their apartment, and they swore by it. Her work on all levels was just excellent. You see, I learned that from her. Whatever mm-hmm. you're going to do, do it to the best of your ability. Don't let the name of it make you shirk the work. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. And and were you the first in your family to graduate from high school? Absolutely. First mm-hmm. one to go to school, first one to graduate from school. And before she died, I had two years in Wayne University, mm-hmm. which was made her so proud. None, none of my family ever went that far. Right, yeah, and I was reading that, you know, that you, um, one of the reasons why you didn't finish it, Wayne, was because your father um, became ill. Well, no, the reason no? I didn't finish was there was, without my mother helping to meet, there was no money. Oh. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he he made enough to pay the rent and mm-hmm. buy food, but there was no extra money. My mother, the things that I've been telling you that she mm-hmm. did yes. were the, was the money that, and her prayers was the money that was available for me to go to school and to go into college. But after that, mm-hmm. um, there was no money for that. Okay. And there was nobody to take care of my father. My father couldn't boil water. Mm-hmm. She liked it that way. <laughs> she didn't want him to do anything. He had the things that he would do, and she had the things that she would do. He had the things that he should do for her. She had the things she should do for him. Mm-hmm. So when she made her transition, he couldn't do anything. I mean, he he just didn't know how to boil water. He didn't know how to. He had never had to do. They were married for thirty-seven years, mm-hmm. and for thirty-seven years, she took care of everything that had to do with the house, mm-hmm. with taking care of him. So he was at a loss. So I had to come home to take care of him because there was nobody else to do that. Hmm. Yeah. But it was good. Mm-hmm. It, I got to know him. Okay. You know, I got to know him. Mm-hmm. So um, I noticed that some of the jobs, some of the odd jobs were truck driver, dental yeah. receptionist, elevator operator, similar yeah. to what um, yeah. Maya Angelou did um, when she, you know, was here in San Francisco um, raising her young son by herself. So when, when were you able to, um, so to speak, lead your own life? Well, I think I always did lead my own life. I think that was, now, don't misunderstand me, there were rules and regulations mm-hmm. in my mother and father's house, uh-huh. and you had to abide by them. But there was no rules and regulations regi- about your desires and your ability to think mm-hmm. or your creativity. So I've always been who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Although I've been different people at different stages of my life. Uh-huh. Okay. So who are you now? I I don't know that I have a name for me. There's, there's so much of me. There's all the things that I have done, so I know for sure I can do them. Mm-hmm. And they're all the things I'm trying to get through before I go home to be with the Father. And so each day is exciting, trying something new. I didn't know I was going to talk to you today till today. Mm-hmm. You see, right. so the excitement of talking to you has made my day so far, mm-hmm. and it's early in the day yet. Right. Hmm. <laughs> I was wondering if you could talk about um, maybe some of the other uh, personas you've donned um, in your career. Um, I really love seeing you um, with Red Fox. <laughs> that was my friend. He was my friend for 40 years. Yeah, yeah. And he was so misjudged. Mm. Uh, he was not uh, He was not his act. Mm-hmm. He was a, a giving. The reason Red didn't have any money was because he was a giver. Mm-hmm. If you went to him and said, I don't have any money, he would reach in his pocket and do something for you. 
for an example, hmm. uh, I was in Vegas. This was many years ago. I was in Vegas, and I had finished my engagement, and I had been gambling, which I did not have to have, uh, know how to do and had no business doing any, anyway. And I was down to my last, I don't remember how much, but it was the last of what was there. And I went to see him at a club, and uh, he said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing fine. I've never been much for complaining. I said, I'm doing fine. He says, where are you working? I said, I'm not working. I'm going back home to New York. And he says, uh, what do you mean you're going back? This is the main season. You ought to be here working so people can hear you. I said, well, I haven't had any offers. That was the whole conversation. So when his employer came in, the owner of the club, he says to the employer, I'm going to need some help because I'm doing these three shows, and and it's, it's tiring to do all three of these shows. And, and Red was packing the place, so what he said made some sense to the owner. He said, I'm going to have to get some help. And so the owner said, well, I don't know who to get for you. He said, well, you're lucky because Della Reese is in town. <laughs> and she can open for me. Mm. And uh, and she and and right there in my face, he set up the schedule. How much time I would do, uh, wh- when I would work, all of that. Mm. And when the the owner left to go out, I had a job that I had not come in and said, "Please help me, I need a job." But he had been sensitive enough to know that I must have needed a job or I would have already been on the plane going home. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, my my father loved Red Fox. Red was the funniest man that ever walked the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Red was the type of person, Wanda, if you and I were standing on one side of the street and he was across the street and he started walking toward us, either you would say to me or I would say to you, <laughs> look at it, here come Red. He hadn't done anything. He hadn't said anything. Hmm. But the, the essence of him was so big that it would reach across the street and you would start laughing before he got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You have, um, you've, um, you know, been around a lot of wonderful um, uh, comedians, um, you know, in the film, um, Harlem Nights. Yes. Yeah, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Arsenio. Yeah, that was, now that was really something. Mm-hmm. All of them together. Then. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. My sides hurt every day. <laughs> mm. the, the movie was good, but we did it here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and we did it on a lot that was accessible. You know, by that I mean it wasn't out on the road or something. It was a, a right in town, mm-hmm. and everybody wanted to be a part of the picture. And so uh, what they should have recorded was the lot where the uh, trailers were kept mm. because everybody would come over and do an audition to be, get to be selected, to be in the any kind of way in there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, extra, a uh, walk-on, anything. So uh, what I did was laugh all day long, mm-hmm. laughter from everywhere. It was a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we only have a few more minutes, and um, I uh, had um, had forgotten that um, you were at the Oprah Winfrey Legends Ball. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I was just in uh, Johannesburg um, in January for the um, 100th anniversary of the ANC, as well as Oprah Winfrey. I didn't get a chance to go, but her her girls. This is the yeah. first graduating class. Yeah. 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 I was wondering if you could maybe um, sort of uh share with us, you know, sort of what it means to be a legend. And uh <laughs> um and well, I I can't really share that with you cuz I never think about myself as that. Mm. I mm. never think about oh, look at me. You know, mm-hmm. I I really feel like whatever magnificent thing I was meant to do, I haven't done it yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I I don't I, I'm not very good uh, at counting my laurels, mm-hmm. um, I'm happy with what I have done. I I appreciate what I have done. I'm blessed to have done what I have done. But the good thing, the good is good thing. You know, good is good. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've done it yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sitting down on it. I'm still working at it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've um, you know, you've 
uh, your life sort of signifies, you know, um, you know, being able to to work through some uh, some pretty, you know, devastating sometimes, you know, trauma. And I'm looking at, you know, what happened with your daughter, and um, and then, um, you know, as um, a type two diabetes, um, you know, uh, I guess I, I don't know if you still have it, but. You know, someone that has oh, that. Oh, attacking my body, but I'm winning. Yeah, 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 exactly. And um, I wonder if you could maybe, um, in our, our closing moments, maybe sort of share, maybe share a couple of things that you've learned that maybe you're going to be telling us uh, in in the in the show that you're going to be doing at the Raz Room. But maybe you can well, give no, us... you, you. I want you to come and see the show and hear the joke. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> And, and and be a part of it. I want us to be together. Mm-hmm. And I want to look at your face when I tell you, and I want you to look at mine when I tell you. Okay. All right. Well, something that's not from the show, but I was wondering if you have any, any sort of, um, I don't know, closing um, words of wisdom that, because, uh, you know, we're we're getting ready. We have our first black president. He is completing his first term. Um, this is an election year. Um Gosh, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that are um, not doing really well in in, uh, in America and a lot of people that are doing really well throughout the world. Um, yet, you know, without without the kind of light artists, you know, like yourself shine, um, you know, to give people hope, people might not even get up to the next day. And I was just wondering um, if you had something that you could share with our audience um, to you know, sort of like um, I don't know, words of wisdom. Um. <laughs> well, I don't know uh, what what I I can just tell you about what I do. Yes. Uh, what I do is trust God. I absolutely trust God. Mm. I believe that Christ did come to save me, and I believe that a peace of God lives inside of me. So whatever it is that I'm confronted with, uh, this has nothing to do with egotism, I feel like I am the victor, and I operate from the point of feeling like I am the victor. Now, that doesn't mean I don't get knocked down sometimes, but I know I understand it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. What's important is how many times you get up. Right. You see? Mm-hmm. And so I, that's the platform that I operate from. And so I, whatever is coming Whatever I have to, since I've been through, see, that's where my past helps a lot. I've been through so many things already, you see. Mm -hmm. uh, There's nothing frightening. My brain exploded, and I'm still here when they kept telling me every day I was going to die. I walked through a plate glass window. I lost seven pints of blood I didn't have but nine, and I I succeeded. So whatever is coming especially on the human level, is not as bad as brain surgery, which I had twice and succeeded. It's not as bad as losing all of my blood except two pints, which I've already successfully lived through. All of this happened years ago, and I'm still here. So I have the attitude of the victory, you see. Now, sometimes I have to fight it, and I fight it with my trust in God, my faith in God, my inner strength, knowing that God loves me and lives inside of me. So I come from that point of view. Mm -hmm. I found out if I change my mind, I change my life. So I'm, I'm in a habit of changing my mind. Stop thinking about how bad it is, and I think about how good it is, and I think about this is not only going to be here for a minute, and I'm on the way to great, great, greater great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you. I I was at a concert, and there was a song, and I can't remember the name of the artist who sang it, you would know him if I could remember his name, but I can't write at the moment. But he said that there's a song that uh, that he loves, I think he and his wife love, and he says, you know, we fall down, but we, but get, we up. get up. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. positively. Yeah, and I thought that was a great affirm- uh, affirmation. It's like, so I never forgot that. I was like, and when you said this, like, yeah, you know, things might knock you down, but you get right back on up. 
And there, there has, I've learned this, Wanda. Mm-hmm. There are some things that you only learn when you go through a crisis. Hmm. You see, and once you know that every crisis is not the end of the world, you see, that the end, I'm here for a reason. I'm supposed to learn. Let me get what I'm supposed to get out of this so I don't ever have to do this again. Mm-hmm. You see? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Am I going to get a chance to hold you in my arms at all? Oh, yes. I am going to come see you, definitely. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. But thank you so much for the wonderful conversation, and have a safe journey this way. God bless you and keep you. All right, God bless you, too. Kisses all over your body. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, so that was a conversation with Miss Della Reese, Patricia Early, known as Della Reese. And uh, her birthday uh, was last week, July 6th. Um, she was born in 1931, so she would have been 90 this month. And uh, she made her transition four years ago on November 19th. So, ashe, 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 oh, for her wonderful, wonderful legacy and work that she continues to provide for us uh, in times when, um, you know, things aren't as clear as they will be. So really, really appreciate that conversation. And we're going to play um, a couple of songs, one song in particular by Rihanna. Um, I really, really like It's called Wings of a Bird. And I wanted to let folks know that there is a fundraiser for for Haiti, um, uh, the Benefit Haiti Emergency Relief Fund. There's a lot, lot going on there presently. Um, and this uh, virtual Benefit is a poetry reading, Poetry for Haiti, and uh, it's Saturday, July 24th from 3 to 5 Pacific Time, and it's a reading and an open mic, and it's going to be in Zoom, and it's featuring Devorah Major, San Francisco's uh, third poet laureate, uh, Tonga Ison Martin, San Francisco's current poet laureate, and Shanga Lavoisier, and then there's going to be an open mic, and suggested donations are 10 to $50, and... Um, and you can find out all about it if you um, go to um, Haiti Emergency Relief Fund. You'll find out how to register for the event. It's going to be really, really awesome. And um, and let's see. I think it's being hosted by St. John's Presbyterian Church in Berkeley. So um, the Ecumenical Peace Institute there. All righty, and the Haiti Action Committee. So, again, that's Saturday, July 24th. is a benefit for the Haiti Emergency Relief Fund. And now, as I mentioned, I'm going to play this wonderful song, Wings of a Bird. You've been doing great. Let's finish with a song from the gospel tradition in three-part harmony, Wings of a Dove. Learn all three parts so you can share it with others. After the harmonies, I'll demonstrate a simple version of call and response between soloist and choir. Have fun. If I had the wings of a dove, wings that would take me where I want to go, I'd fly from the utmost way out into space no 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 there is no hiding place high harmony if I had the wings of dove wings that would take me Low harmony. If I had the wings of a dove, wings 
such a marvelous time the last time I was here. And since I've seen you, God has blessed me just too tremendously. They don't have enough time for me to tell you how wonderful he has been to me. But I will tell you this. When they had me laying in a room waiting to go into the operating room, he gave me a song to sing. And I'd like to share that song with you right now.
such joy, such joy and happiness he brings. Joy, joy, sweet joy and happiness he brings. And he brings it. Wonderful, he's wonderful. 